It is time you learned about Cleveland State. Chris Kilsmeyer, their head coach, is here to talk all about it. Locked on women's basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal, thanking you for making us your first listen every day. Of course, we cover the world of women's basketball six days a week here. Every Monday through Friday, we've got all things women's basketball. Saturday is our WNBA draft show. Make sure you are subscribing wherever you get your podcasts, here on YouTube or anywhere you listen. And, of course, it's not just me. It's the whole team of us over at thenexthoops.com where we have over 100 reported pieces every single month dedicated to the game. I will just also share with you, this is just in, we're going to have eight people, eight people covering the final four for you down in Dallas. So make sure you're subscribing. It's $9 a month or $72 a year. It's a bunch of us who care and are making sure that this sport is given the coverage it deserves. And when I say that, it goes beyond just your South Carolina, your Yukon, you know, some of the names that we do see on a daily basis. And I just, I say this as a plea. I say this as a plea to my fellow media members. Cleveland State is building something really important. It's something that can too easily fly under the radar. And and coach, before I bring you in, I just want to I want to share this. Okay. You're in your fifth season, right? Yes, sir. Okay. I was not a math major in college, but I'm going to just share the following, which is eight and 20, 19 and 11, 13 and nine, 19 and nine, and now 27 and four heading into the horizon league quarterfinals. I, I, I know it's about so much more than wins and losses, but you have to look at that and see what is happening at Cleveland State. So, Coach, welcome. Thank you for uh, diving into it with us. And just kind of take me through, you know, when you took this job, how much it felt like this was where you could get the Vikings to by here in year five. Well, first off, thank you for allowing me this opportunity to talk about Cleveland State women's basketball. I'll take every chance I get. And also thank you for what you do for women's basketball. It's people and, 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 and podcasts and media people like you that, that, that make our sport even better. So thank you for all that you and your team do. Uh, you know, I've been a head coach for 23 years, and I've really believed that I would never go anywhere where I didn't think that we could win championships and be able to put the kind of uh, championship-level program out there that people can be really excited about. And I've spent my entire career building programs. And and when I came to Cleveland State, I believe there was a lot of untapped potential here. We had a committed uh, administration. We've got a beautiful campus. We've got great facilities. And, you know, everything was in place to to really build something here. We believe that. And we've had, you know, a large team through these five years that have really gone to work on, you know, trying to do everything that we can to give our players the best possible experience I didn't say win games, give them the best possible experience 
as they can on and off the court and just the opportunities that they have to learn as, as people and, and, and players is, is at the forefront of our staff's mind every day. And, you know, we want to create a championship level culture off the court long before we get to on the court, because we believe that, you know, for you to reach your potential on the court, you've got to be uh, a championship person off the court. And we, we've gone to work on building that and we've seen the, the results of it steady by each year. And, and we're, we're just excited. 27 wins. I mean, that's, that's the second most in the country right now. So, you know, we're, we're celebrating what we've done and, and we're really excited to play this week. It, it's a remarkable thing to see. And again, you know, you talk to any coach that's built a winning program and it comes down so much of the conversation to culture, right? But when you are building at a mid-major program and you're not, having to necessarily make those trade-offs. There's so many coaches will talk to me off the record about the fact that, you know, look, this kid is a top 25 national talent. So therefore we're going to make that trade-off and we're going to manage, we're going to hope for the best. For you, it's less a question of that, right? And it's more a question of figuring out who are the people who fit what you are looking to build more directly. No question. The first thing that we evaluate in the recruiting process is the person themselves and how much they care about the game, you know, how much, uh, are they willing to put in chasing greatness? You know, when you are committed to success at the highest level, which everybody says they are, it really comes at a price as far as sacrifice and, you know, just how much time away from maybe family and friends and loved ones that you're going to be. Uh, they're, they're just to build something really special. It takes a lot of people that are really committed to, to the goal in hand. And that's for us on the court. It's winning it's winning a championship and getting to the NCAA tournament. And, you know, so when we evaluate players, it's it's first and foremost about how much they have a desire to be in the gym and how much they just love being a great teammate. And, and that's the kind of culture that we've built at Cleveland State. You've also, it seems from the outside, and I'm sure even more so inside, built something that has – clear steps, clear runs along the way. Uh, you've done it, though, within a period of time. I, I don't think I'm telling any secrets to our listeners that has not been the normal last five years. You know, When you think back on everything that's gone on, when you think about, you know, the the battles with COVID. And I, and I know it's something that you've worked with personally. I know it's also something that Quite frankly, the sport writ large has dealt with. There have even been postponements, cancellations this year around it. Has it altered your timetable at all to where uh, you thought you would be by this point? Clearly, you've gotten to, uh, you know, rarefied air. Again, 27 and 4 is 27 and 4. That's indisputable. But just take me through kind of how that plan has been altered in some ways by all that you've gone through yeah you know everybody wants everything in life a lot quicker than what it happens no no matter what it is i mean we're just we're a society of results and wanting what we want now Mm -hmm. and it just building a program just doesn't work that way and you know i never put a timeline on it i mean obviously you can't have a timeline of 10 years but, you know, I, I just believe that when you get the right people in place and you work as hard as you can, that it's going to happen over time. Now, how long that time is, is kind of like what I what I tell our freshmen. I, 
I believe you're going to be a really, really special player in this program someday. As to when that happens, a lot of factors go into that. And the first one is how much you and I are going to put into it. And I'm going to put everything I've got into trying to develop you as a person and a player. And when you do that in return, this thing can maybe go fast. Keyword saying maybe. It doesn't guarantee that it's actually going to happen. But if you stay the course, you believe in the process, you know, stuff like what we've done can happen. But certainly the COVID thing provided a lot of challenges to it. I don't want to say that it necessarily slowed it down. Year three, it slowed it down because we didn't get to play as many games. You know, we weren't on the, the floor as much. And and that was a really challenging year to get into any kind of rhythm and play in any kind of basketball. And our, our group hung in there that year and we won the WBI championship that year and had, you know, one of the most successful seasons in the history of the school. And we only played 23 games. So it, it's we just we believe in what we do and we know we've got the people in place to, to have success, no matter whether it's our administration or our coaching staff, our support staff. We have amazing people at Cleveland State, and I just love to be able to work here. What I'm curious about as it relates to this team, because, you know, again, it's there's sort of the, the concept that a lot of people have the mid-major that, you know, that's just it's this system and they do one particular thing well. And you can just go up and down your numbers and you do everything well on both sides of the ball, whether it's the rebounding numbers, whether it's your ability to prevent the opposition from getting to where they need to get to on the floor. And that's manifesting itself in all kinds of defensive advantages, not just your raw overall defensive numbers, but even you go the synergy breakdown and people who normally are able to spot up exceptionally well, do not do so against you. And it would, I want to get into the why of that, but I first really want to talk about your the number one that really sticks out to me, and that is your ability to get to the free throw line. And this has always been something that this team has done well. Uh, you go back to that WBI championship team, you were 43rd in the country. You were top 15 last year. Well, you're number one by a pretty significant margin in free throws made, free throws attempted, and overall opportunities there. Why is that central to what this group does? Well, I love the question because it's a program thing. It, it's it's just who we are. It, it's every player that comes into our program, we are going to go to work on getting them to the free throw line. Mm -hmm. And some of them come in and they have more of a knack and ability to be able to do it than others. But we never believe that anybody can't be taught it. And you know, it's, it's a physicality thing for us. Cleveland State women's basketball is going to play really, really physical and wants to make sure that that's who we are on both ends of the floor. And, you know, our ability to get to the free throw line is something that we work on all year. Mm -hmm. And and so I, I want to talk more about somebody who does it and does it at such an elite rate. Uh, in just a moment, because she's your leading scorer. And so clearly typifies what it is you're doing. First, do want to let the good people at home know about FanDuel. Uh, the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, uh, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's a bonus bet back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. 
So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. So we were talking about the free throws and Destiny Leo. I just, the audience needs to understand this. It's not just the fact that she's scoring 17.9 a game. It's that you are looking at somebody who is essentially a stone's throw from a 50, 40, 90 season. You know, this is somebody who overall is shooting 49.1% from two, 38.5% from three, and parenthetically on 6.6 attempts. So she's doing it with volume and 91.9% from the free throw line. So she's not settling, even though she's getting those threes. Take me through who Destiny is and why the world needs to get a better look at her in March. Yeah, well, once it's just a great person that works really, really hard. She wants to lead this team to a championship. She cares way more about team success than any individual honor. Um, she just loves the game. She lives in the gym. She works on her game year round. And she just wants to try to become the best version of herself that she possibly can. You know, there was a game earlier in the year. We're talking about the free throw. She scored 31 points, but she missed two free throws towards the end. And the only thing she wanted to talk about was she missed two free throws. She got zero rebounds and had another column of zero, maybe assists or something. She's like, I look at my zeros and look at the two free throws I missed. So she's a self-critic of herself. She's very hard on herself in a good way. She that she uses it as a way to push her and allow herself to, to, to want more and to work hard to get better. And, you know, she puts the, she puts the work in, you know, everything mm-hmm. that, you know, people see from destiny on the court and between the lines doesn't happen easy for her. She, she works at it and finds a way to get better in life every, every day. Did you know what you had in her? I know she came off the bench for your freshman year. Did you have a sense that she was somebody who, I mean, she, you know, horizon league player of the year here as a junior, so, you know, even bigger things to come potentially. Just, you know, what what did you see about her out of high school? Yeah, when we recruited her, she could just flat out shoot. I mean, she, you know, we went and watched games and she'd have 30 some points and she wasn't a volume shooter. She'd get hot and hit five threes in a row. And you just, you knew she could put the ball in the hole and she knew and we knew that there was other areas of her game that she needed to evolve and grow in. And she's challenged herself with that. You know, she's worked really hard to become a better defender. and She doesn't want to be viewed as as a shooter and a scorer. She mm-hmm. wants to be viewed as a complete basketball player. And, you know, with, with how we've coached her and the way she's gone to work on her game, she's been able to do that. And, you know, she's way more than an 18 point scorer and all the shooting numbers that we just talked about. She's a player that impacts the game in so many ways. And, you know, one of them is her ability to make her teammates around her so much better. You know, the attention that she draws every day offensively is something that helps our entire program. And, you know, she embraces the challenge of, of being a player that's going to draw a lot of attention defensively. Do you think that she has an opportunity to play at the next level? And is that something that she is focused on at this point? 
she wants to play the game as long as she possibly can. And then she wants to go into being, being a coach. So, you know, I, I, I joked with her one time that, you know, maybe, maybe she'd be on my staff someday, or maybe, maybe I'm doing this long enough that she's a head coach and I'm working for her someday. So, you know, we have those, those jokes and those laughs together. And, you know, we shared a, a special FaceTime call last night with, uh, the, the, the player of the year being announced to her and just how special that was for her and stuff. So it's, she's a special person that really tries hard to make everybody around her better. Some, someone who you have to watch listeners at home and, 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 and make sure that you do. And we're, we're going to talk a little bit about where and how long people can and should be in a position to watch you guys play. But I do want to talk about Brittany Moore as well, who's obviously, you know, in a lot of ways, kind of your big counterpart to what uh, Destiny does as well. Uh, Brittany's taking a huge leap forward. If you look at her numbers, uh, volume, uh, yes, but also an efficiency. Uh, what has allowed her to make that leap this year? Well, we've talked about it a lot on, on this, on this show already, just work ethic. You know, Brittany had one of the best, summers and falls of any kid that I've coached in, in my career as far as just how much she put into it and how much she wanted to grow and get better. You know, when we recruited Brittany, you know, she, we, we just believe she had so much talent and potential, but how exactly does she need to play to maximize her talent and potential? And, and honestly, as a coaching staff myself, we struggled with that for a little while last year. And, and once we really figured out her strengths and where she wanted to be and what would maximize her potential, you know, we kind of settled her into that this summer into a role that I think she saw how much success she could have. She believed in how we were going to try to utilize her. And then she just went to work and she's you know, blown herself up into one of the best players in this league. And that's hard to do when you're running alongside of, of a player of the year. So you know, the amount of attention that our entire team and, and each individual got yesterday in the, in the accolades is, is really special because, you know, it's hard to have that many individuals honored is, is what we did, even though even probably more deserved it. There's only so many awards and it's hard to it's hard to get as many as what we did. But it's simple. Team success equates to individual accolades and, you know, to see all our players celebrate each other and it was a special day for our program yesterday. I, and I feel like if there's like a single set of numbers that encapsulates what that means to me, it's the fact that, you know, yeah, she, she's been terrific for you on the boards, but you have eight players at double digit rebounding percentage. So you don't have necessarily somebody who's putting up the individual rebounding uh, numbers of say a Maddie Cedrus. What you do have is a team that's collectively crashing the boards to the point that you're 21st in the country in rebound rate. And that to me speaks to what you're doing overall. But, you know, again, that doesn't in any way surprise when you see it correlate to 27 and four, when you see that. And, and, and so I do want to just talk about, you know, how you get to 27 and four, how you schedule. Um, and, and because it, there's a significance to the way in which your team has unfolded this year. And, you really drew attention with a overtime win against DePaul on the road, on the road on November 15th. And I guess I wonder whether 
is a team that's had success, is a team that's won tournaments a couple of years ago. Um, did it feel as if, all right, this isn't just a competitive team. This is a team that has a chance to take the leap forward that you guys have subsequently taken that night. Well, we knew as a coaching staff that we had a special group this summer, not just because of how hard they work and whatnot, but they're really talented. I mean, good coaches need some good players, right? <laughs> like, like you gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta have some talent. And we had a really talented group and we knew that. And, and just how much we were able to, you know, mold and shape the team into, you know, have an elite chemistry and elite togetherness. We use the word elite all summer and fall. Uh, and, you know, it just resonated with our players. And and did we expect to beat DePaul? I don't know that expect was the right word, but we certainly expected to compete and knew that we had a shot to beat them if we did what we needed to do that night. And, and really a lot of it came down to us being able to hit a lot of shots because we didn't we didn't defend them great, but I'm not sure too many teams do defend DePaul great. So it became a track meet, and we just had to hit a few more shots than them. And there's no doubt that that win gave our program a lot of confidence, hopefully not only for this year, but in years to come, that, that we can schedule up and we can go, go out and compete against teams that maybe others don't think that we should be able to beat. But, you know, we're going to schedule up and believe that we can beat those teams. And, you know, that's a, a philosophy of our, our, our coaching staff. And, you know, we want to go out and play great teams. And I guess the flip side of that is just this is a 27 and four team that is playing in a conference tournament where there is every risk because and this is just I've banged on this on the show all the time that the NCAA so often fails to reward mid-major conferences when player when teams have had great seasons if there is a slip up in the conference tournament does it feel to you like the stakes are even higher there, number one. And number two, when you think about scheduling here, now that you have created what you have created here as a program, um, does uh, does it feel like there's a way to win that net rating game, for lack of a better way of asking it? Yeah, well, I guess that's a million-dollar question probably for every Division One coaching staff, right? Because it's really hard to – you know, we, we thought we had some some teams on our schedule – that we're going to perform better than what they ultimately had. And, you know, we know that that penalized our strength of schedule, which, you know, we had some teams that, you know, won their league last year that are 500 this year or whatnot. So the scheduling game is, is such a challenge and it's becoming even more of a challenge for us because when you start to win more games, then, you know, does, does some of the bigs even want to play you? And, right. and, and now, it it's it's such a challenge and you know but but we embrace it i mean it, it's we know what it is you know i we had a talk with our with our, our team a, a few weeks ago that our numbers aren't going to go up a lot if they're going to go somewhere they're going to go down right where our numbers are at right now it's not good enough to get an ncaa at large bid mm-hmm. it, it's just not and so we can't worry about what we can't control we just got to play really good and not let the pressure bother you you know we play we played in some big games down the stretch of this season and you know we didn't maybe handle them the best that we possibly could 
And I hope that that's really taught everybody in our program, including myself, you know, how to handle those moments better. And, you know, this is, this means a lot to everybody in our program. And we certainly know what we want to get accomplished, but you can't make it about that. You got to stay in the moment and you got to really focus on doing your job. You got to prepare hard. And when the moment comes, just go out there and do your best. And, and our best is, is, is probably, probably good enough. So we just need to focus on the task at hand and not worry about the outcome or, or what could come or what could happen if we don't and let all these thoughts control your control your head away from just enjoy the moment, go out and do your best. And again, you know, for our listeners at home, just to give you the context, we're talking about a 27 and four team. The Horizon League has a 25 and four team as well in Green Bay, one 18 and two in conference. And uh, just frankly, the reason why we're talking about this is 1v2 is Green Bay has beaten you guys twice this year. However, to beat a team, any team, three times in a year is exceptionally difficult. Exceptionally difficult. When you're talking about beating a team three times in a year that's only lost four times all season, it takes it to another level. And I, and I say it by means of, look, we're getting ahead of ourselves. There's a quarterfinal. There's a semifinal that's got to happen first. But writ large, an opportunity in Indianapolis to see these two teams that net rating, you're right, is, is a little lower than a lot of at-large profiles. But if we could have a whole separate podcast about just that, you guys are both in the 60s. You know, I mean, I mean it, it's you guys are doing it feels to me like all you can. And so I do. I always I get like personally aggrieved when I see conferences in this scenario. Does it feel like that's an opportunity on national TV, a, a potential final between two teams like this for people to understand where the Horizon League is. Well, if it gets to that point, right, you know, we'll we'll embrace it. But you know, our our only focus is on Thursday night, and mm-hmm. you know, we're excited to figure out who we play tonight, and and be able to get to work on on game planning and scheming how how we're going to beat a team on Thursday night and a team that we potentially may have to beat for the third time. So we, we know that the path just to get to Indy in this league is extremely difficult. And, you know, so our focus isn't about Green Bay or the, or the national audience or any of that stuff. You know, we, we're aware that all that stuff is potentially out there. There's no way to hide from it, right? There's no way to downplay it. But you have to lock in to the moment and the task at hand. And that's our game on Thursday night when that ball is going to tip at 530 Eastern time. And we got to be ready to go. Well, I cannot recommend highly enough all of you listening at home to make sure you check out Cleveland State when you check out what uh, what, what coach has been building here. Um, I am fascinated to see the the road ahead for you guys. And um, I really enjoy it. I, I also want to let our listeners know at home that we thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen today. Now make your second listen game to game NBA every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game Locked On NBA available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. And it's true, once you finish watching Horizon lead basketball in Indianapolis, there is an NBA team there as well. So just something to keep in mind. I believe they're called the Pacers. Uh, Coach, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And uh, all the best of luck with you the rest of the season. Well, again, thank you for what you do 
for everything with women's basketball and specifically the mid-majors and the program programs like Cleveland State because you give us a platform to be able to to talk about our, our program that we feel like more people need to know and hear about and and you're doing that for for not only our program but a lot of other programs and it, you know it's it's amazing work that what you guys do and, and keep on doing it appreciate it we sure will coach all the best to you all the best to our listeners we'll be back with you tomorrow until then i'm howard megdahl wishing you a wonderful day you are locked on women's basketball your daily podcast on women's basketball 